morning, everyone. Welcome to our church and welcome to our communion table. Uh, let's give God a moment of silence, confessing our sins so we can ask him to fill us with his holy God, our Creator, our Lord, and our Heavenly Father. We come to your throne of majesty and grace. We are here to agree with you of your judgment on the sinfulness of mankind, including all of ours, our thoughts, words, and actions that depart and differ from your holiness and your goodness. We confess because we, we know that you have already forgiven our sins once for all, past, present, and future, through our faith in your greatest gift to mankind, your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. He's the creator of the world, and he is also the redeemer of man. You sent him into this world that he created together. You ordered him to show truth and love by living as man, God in the flesh, who lived a holy life. He didn't deserve death, but voluntarily he died for our sins. He accepted your order because he is your son, and he's your only begotten son. You love him, but he loves you in the matter of obedience. He died on the cross on our behalf because of his obedience to you and love for us. For this, we are grateful. We accept your gift. We have become Christians. We take up Christ in our last name. And now we are coming to you as your family member. And then you have, because you have adopted us as your sons, and giving us heirs and rights to of inheritance together with Christ as the church that is called the Bride of Christ. So we are here to thank you, to confess that anything or we fall short of the ideal life that is Christ's life. And we also thank you for the forgiveness and we pray that you will now cleanse us inside out and empower us by filling us with the Holy Spirit and give us the leading and uh, the power to defeat temptation and to live righteously for Christ's honor, for your name. And we pray that in Jesus Christ's holy name.
during our devotional communion, we have just finished a series called The Spirit of the Law, right? Remember? And do we remember the, the ten monikers that I put on the Spirit of the Law? Number one, be grateful. Number two, be faithful. Number three, be consistent. Number four, be trusting. Number five, being obedient. Trust and obey, okay? Trusting and obedient. So those, those five are vertical. What about the horizontal ones? Number one, the first social value, respect life. Number two, respect marriage. Number three, respect property. Because what marriage produces life, right? And then married couples need property, right? So it's in that order. So if you maintain these three orders, in that right order, three values in that right order, that's number nine, be what? Just, okay, so justice is defined by the Bible as respecting life, marriage, and property in that order, okay. So after those external things, the final one, internal thing, be fair, okay, that's an internal thing. And uh, um, is the law good in its nature? It's good. It reflects God's holiness and goodness. And those who obey the law would be benefiting, right? Live a life um, that's uh, blessed. However, now we, in this series we're having now is how did Israel do under the law? We remember, they did not have the Holy Spirit, okay? Not at, at the church. How did they do, representing all humanity under the law? Did they achieve the ideal which God said if you can if all of you Israelites will obey all the laws of God at all times in all aspects you will live indefinitely on this land of milk and honey but how did they do did they break these laws did they break it quickly actually pretty quickly okay Right after the Exodus, we already said, reviewed last time, they become ungrateful, right? They said, we need water, and we actually, we miss Egypt. We had fish, and we had garlic. <laughs> right. So they forgot the slavery, right? You see, that's how humans do. We are not grateful to God's gifts. And then that's the number one violation. Number two is be faithful, right? And it actually has two commandments in there. Number one is do not worship other gods before me, right? Do not have other gods before me. And number two is don't make idols and don't worship them. So other gods and idols are one and the same in the ancient time because people believe uh, gods are idols and idols are gods, right? So how did Israel do? Did they make idols okay and it's pretty quickly right after the exodus right what did they make golden calf why golden calf you ever thought about it okay uh, well bulls are what Baal rides Baal means the lord so it's it's the thunder god and uh, they he supposedly rides a bull so if you make a golden calf, guess who's going to sit on there? 
Baal. Okay. So did they make idol? Yes. Did they worship other gods? Yes. Both. Because they're one and the same. Okay. And th- they did that while Moses was on the mountain receiving the law. You see. So humans under God's law without the Holy Spirit would not do good. Okay. They will quickly abandon God, forgetting God's grace, become ungrateful and unfaithful. And Israel did not stop there at Golden Calf. Later, um, in the uh, beginning of the Judges period, one tribe called Dan, they worshipped an idol, right? Made a human-shaped idol. That's the name of God. And uh, they worshipped it for hundreds of years. And guess who was its first high priest of this idol? Jonathan the son of Gershom, the son of Moses, a grandson of Moses. So what a shame. So does bloodline guarantee spirituality? No. So, and later when the kingdom uh, divided, what did the first king of the north make? Jeroboam, he made two golden calves. One in the northern city, Dan, one in the southern city, Bethel, so that his people can go and worship God without going to Jerusalem, which is 17 miles. So for the sake of politics, he forsook his God. And that's unfaithful. Do you see that? Let's not just blame Israel or the Jews because they represent all humanity without the Holy Spirit. And if you want to be saved by the law, it's impossible, right? So that's why our salvation comes by grace and through faith and uh, the faith in Christ and all of those alone, right? And therefore, we have nothing to do. We contribute nothing to our salvation except opening up and receiving the greatest gift, which is Christ, who represents God truthfully and loved us to the uttermost by giving us his gift. So we should be grateful to him, not only receiving him as our Lord, but be faithful to him, be loyal to him, follow him, and don't put anything else above him in our thought and in our life. That is a true Christian life. Okay. There are many divisions of denominations in this world, but at the end, the only thing that matters is whether you have put him over your head as your Lord and Master. He is the Lord, that means he is God, and he's your Master. Remember that. That sets us apart from the world. So Israel was not faithful or grateful. As the church, having been given more, we have the Holy Spirit, much more is required. So let's be grateful, let's be faithful, and let his life live through us and let the world see how good God is. In that line of thought, remember Jesus Christ gave us his body to be broken on the cross. We take this bread in remembrance of him. Jesus Christ shed his blood on the cross. It covers us from God's wrath. And uh, he also promised the second coming when he will celebrate his victory in preserving us for his glory. We pray that we will be faithful 
and that he uh, will let the Holy Spirit make us believers. Amen, God. Thank you. Bye-bye. Our Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for loving us to the uttermost by coming into our world, our lives. You have experienced the temptation, but you did not sin. You suffered to the uttermost, even on the cross, the literal excruciating pain. And you did that because of your love for us. And you did sufficiently to pay for all of our sins and if we have the simple faith trusting in you and follow you, you will guarantee our eternal life, our current indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And if we are committed to confess and ask him to fill us, we will be empowered to defeat sin and live righteously and uh, glorify your name. We thank you for all of that that you have done. We are here to renew our new covenant, and we pray that uh, um, we will... Um, be willing to let you work on us and let through the Holy Spirit and to change us until you are pleased with us at the end that we can give account to you.